You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. This episode is supported by the wonderful creators of Gratitude Plus app the app that helps you cultivate a daily practice of gratitude. What are you grateful for today? You can download the app now at the App Store or by visiting gratitudeplusapp.com forward slash style of business. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in for another great episode of SOB Style of Business, the podcast. This is your host, Keetra. And today I have the fantastic Darwin Liu on the line. He is a digital marketer and he's also the founder of X Agency which I, which is uh, I'm definitely glad to have grabbed him. He's extremely busy, I know, but uh, we definitely have him on. He's going to be sharing some of his knowledge that some of the work that he's doing rather in the digital marketing space and his knowledge, hopefully uh, to help us who, like myself, need some assistance in that area. <laughs> so anyway, without um, without further delay, Darwin, hey, thanks so much for being on. Give us a, a brief intro and then we'll roll right from there. Yeah, well, I mean, you actually sound like a radio DJ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, don't, 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 don't go there. You know that might be a next step. But yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciate it. We're we're learning as we grow. I appreciate it, though. Yeah, yeah well, amazing voice, obviously, and I'm glad to be on your show. Um, how I started? Well, again, my name is Darwin. I googled how to get rich online in 2008. Long story short, I failed. I had to work in an agency, busting my ass for the next. I don't know. I don't know how long it's been now. I've been doing this for about 10 years. Um, and here we are. I, I left two years ago, started my own agency. Um, we have grown tremendously since then. We have a bunch of employees, a bunch of clients, and we just they just keep coming. Uh, we do online marketing for e-com clients. So our clients typically range from anywhere in terms of revenue, $2 million to $100. Um, we run their paid ads for Google, Facebook, Oh, wow. Yeah. And I almost gave it away in the introduction, but I I definitely want you to share this story because there's something in particular that is extremely exciting about the way that you guys, uh, you know, have the the clients that you have. And so tell us a bit about this invite. Well, well, before we get to that, yeah, because you you know, I'm going to I'm going to pull your teeth for for information on that. That's that's phenomenal to me that you're able to even do that, because a lot of people have to go out and find the leads to where you guys are, you know, hey, we got to do a little bit of research, you know, before we, before we take you on. And I love that about what you're doing, Darwin. But before I get to that, let me ask you this. Um, You left your the company that you were working with two years ago, and now you're doing, you're you're the founder of your own agency, which is X agency. You got your thing going. What sort of learning curves did you kind of come into when you were first starting out? Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I've technically been an entrepreneur for the past 12 years-ish, right? I think when you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur for life. Uh, You always have that drive. You always have that goal. So, and I realized after, you know, making a thousand mistakes that it's the same process for any sort of business that you do start. Um, Now, what learnings did I get after, um, you know, my life? I would say I probably learned everything I have uh, cumulatively, if I'm saying that correctly. A couple of things, really. Um, One is basically systemize your sales processes. 
uh, a lot of, you know, new entrepreneurs who come out and try to do businesses, they actually don't understand that sales is literally the lifeblood of your company. So you only have one thing, you know, your main goal, your main focus should be sales. Um, two is systems and processes. Entrepreneurs come out nowadays without their own systems or instead of thinking of systemizing their company, they are actually, you know, doing things randomly and they don't have anything recorded. They don't have anything monitored. They don't have any numbers to, to back up their efforts, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then three really is basically work hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just bust your ass extremely hard. I mean, I've been working 70 to say 100 hours a week for the past 10 years, really. So. Hustling. Hustling, hustling, hustling. That's that's the only thing that I can sum, sum it up towards. But uh, I, I love that. Okay, so now let's talk about the invite-only concept because, you know, to me, that it's so exclusive. You know what I mean. So give us, yeah, yeah, give give us your give us your spiel on that. All right. Well, let, let's talk about you know, and we can talk about it in a relationship to say or relation to your business. Um, when you start a company or when you do any sort of company, right? There's probably a thousand to hundred thousand companies ahead of you. So your idea or my idea was, how do you actually? segment yourself or make yourself a little bit different than them, right? Or how to make yourself seem bigger than you are. Uh, We started with invite only from the get-go. So when when I was doing or when I was working at the agency, I actually had a bunch of small clients. And at the end of the day, I realized that a small client is different than a big client and that they're actually way harder. Um, Small clients actually don't have the money to spend to actually do what we want, right? So the invite-only concept was, one, a marketing tactic, but two, it's actually become a reality now. Like we, we, we only pick specific clients um, based on how much they can spend um, and things like that because at the end of the day, uh, the way we operate, so my system basically is we have a couple employees per client. Um, if we were to do a different sort of company where we do service smaller clients, I need to systemize that in the sense that one employee can only handle, say, 20 clients, right? So that's basically where it came from. It came from when I left, I had a system, I had a marketing tactic, and this is where we're at right now. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I I love the point that you made as well in regards to you know, you have a set amount of clients who are allocated toward that one person that's overseeing it as to when, as to where when you have a lot of clients, you know, and everybody's just kind of running about trying to do a lot of different things, it's a bit hard to focus the attention. So it makes, yeah, yeah it makes. And, and, your, and your service, uh, you know, sucks after, so. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the residual, right? Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And for, okay, so maybe there's some listeners, for example, who, you know, they they love what they hear and they're excited about some of the things that you're doing. So, like, t- tell us, like, the process, like, for somebody that is interested in, let's say, something like the SEO service that, that you guys offer, do you, what type of process do you go through to determine whether they are even uh, a good client that you would take on or if they would need to look into somebody else? Yeah, so, at the end of the day, I mean, we've been, or I've been running marketing for the past 10 years, so... Our criteria is almost kind of simple in a sense, but it's actually a little bit longer, right? To simplify it, really, um, I take a look at their business, and from the get-go, I can basically see how long they've been running, how much revenue they generate, and long story short, if they can actually afford to pay us. So that's the main thing. Um, if a client can't afford to pay us, <laughs> exactly, we yeah. end up not wanting to run their, 
the company, right? Or if it's a new client coming on as a solo entrepreneur, um, I already know the headaches that come with it. So uh, one, you know, one side topic on this is really figure out what clients you want and what clients you don't. Um, and, and this is this is our process. We we look at their site, uh, figure out how they've been running for, check out their revenue, and it all falls down to if they can actually afford to pay us and leave us alone. <laughs> exactly, that's gold. That's gold because a lot of times when you start at, start out as an entrepreneur, you know, we feel like we have to compromise and we have to lower our fees and our costs. And at the end of the day. You know, you're chasing a client that, that hasn't paid and all that other stuff. But I love the fact that you're not shy about saying, you know, hey, you know, if you guys can't, if you can't pay for the service, then, you know, you definitely want to look into some other alternatives, which makes perfect sense. But a lot of times we don't, we don't do that, you know, especially yeah. when you're building a business, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. So there's like, and, and I forgot where I got this from, you know, in a book, I, I read a bunch. Um, there's the three kind of clients, right? There is the vampires, um, your perfect client, and then the whales. At the end of the day, you always want a whale, like a huge, huge client that can boom your business, but you sort of want to focus on your core, because if the whale leaves, then everyone gets fired. Um, yeah. If the vampires here, they, they suck up all your time. So there's like a perfect, so when starting out a company, you always have to have everything written down, your targets, your goals, your numbers, right? the numbers, and for numbers, I mean, I, I stress this a lot for everyone who asks this question, um, everything I do in life is measured, so my, my eating, my gym, my productivity, uh, things that work, like it has to be measured by numbers because if you don't have the numbers, you actually don't have a target and you don't know what you're aiming for, right? So if it was like sales, if you're doing DJs, uh, you literally have to have a goal for a month, goal for the year, goal for the quarter. I need to reach out to 10 people a day, every single day, uh, to hit my goal of 20 new clients, right? As long as you can have these numbers and things that you can measure off of, then it works. It's, it's basically, and the funny thing is, I mean, I, I have a bunch of people who ask, you know, how do you start a company? Um, it's pretty simple. You literally just systemize and measure and you do it consistently. Um, a lot of people try to throw things at the wall and that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. literally a systemized process day in, day out. And I know that's boring. Uh, a lot of new entrepreneurs always want to chase a shiny object. Um, but it doesn't work that way. That's it has true, to be yeah. done the old school way, you know, just consistency, systemize, and just keep going. Exactly, especially if it works, so. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's just say this. Uh, it doesn't work in the beginning. I mean, nothing ever works in the beginning. But, and, and this is what I see a lot, the, the biggest mistake I see really is, let's just say someone's trying to do sales for their own company, right? They'll reach out to this person, they didn't, you know, record it down. They didn't measure it, then they stopped. And they reach out to the next person and they go, oh, you know what, I should reach out to this industry. I should reach out to that industry. But when you do that, you're, you're literally starting from scratch over and over and over again. Um, what you need to do is focus on, say, one industry, continue going and hammering it over and over and over again, hammer your people every single day, every single week, and that's actually how you get going. Nothing ever works in the beginning, um, but as long as you have consistency, it will slowly pick up, you know. Yep, you are right. Love that explanation. Well, yeah, we we should take notes on that. Consistency is definitely one of the key components. And let's jump into a little bit of the digital marketing aspects of what you guys offer, because I know there's several different services. And digital marketing is one of those things to where, you know, you have so many different strategies. But um, tell us a bit about some of the benefits of digital marketing as opposed to maybe, let's say, like a traditional, you know, old school way of marketing? 
goes back to my number one point in life, which is measurement. <laughs> Measure, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, billboard advertising, at the end of the day, you don't know who you're hitting, you don't know what you're spending it on, you don't even know who's seeing it, right? It's just an estimate. Same with TV advertising, same with flyers, same with anything offline. The good thing about online marketing is every single thing is tracked and measured. I can literally target the, the perfect demographic. Um, I can literally track the exact person who clicked on the ad into the zip code. So all of our dollars are tied to a revenue amount, which is a good thing about online advertising. And at the end of the day, I mean, the old school is foot traffic, right? Yeah, uh, everyone's true. online now. So you have to do it. Um, digital is the way to go, and whoever is not doing it right now um, are literally going to fall down the road. Yeah, they're losing out on a lot of sales. Do you recommend a specific strategy to startups, you know, or new businesses? Like, example, maybe SEO over social media ads, or what? What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so a couple actually. Okay. <laughs> it all depends on what kind of business you're you're, you're starting. Yeah. Um, let's just say that someone's trying to sell their own clothing online, right? For example, my American Bullet one. Um, when you have a lot of time but you don't have money and you're trying to sell something, you go the influencer slash brand ambassador route. Uh, very simple to, to pay for a tracking system. It's like 20 bucks a month. And you reach out to people to promote your product and give them a percent. That's very simple. You have all the time in the world, but you don't have money. Um, if you are, say, you know, running a local service, um, there's a lot of things you can do for that. There's the Google My Business accounts, the Bing My Business accounts, those are free. Those pop up on top of your website, you know, for anyone in the area. Yeah. Um, for people who are, say, trying to promote a DJ service, right? Same thing, the Google My Business thing, uh, but also, you know, social. Um, social ads, for the most part, if you can do it right, it comes down to be pretty cheap and you can reach your local market. The paid ads side of things, you know, the, the paid Google and the paid thing are very saturated now. It's, it's a ton of money. And I would say for the starting entrepreneur science business, um, probably shouldn't go that route. Wow, that's yeah, that's that's a big that's a big difference, you know, because I hear a lot of people that do the, you know, they have the ad spends for the paid ads, and you're actually saying that that's, you know, you're really kind of throwing money out the window when you're first starting. Yep. Um, what I would say the biggest tactic, or uh, well, let's talk about that again. Um, yep, a, a lot of small businesses would actually try to run that right now. It, what I say is you have a set amount of money, so you need to figure out how to make that money go the furthest. Uh, there's always a hierarchy of channels that we run based on the business, right? Um, and if you have money, it would be social before uh, before Google and Bing. Because, again, it's so saturated, and especially with the large companies. I mean, we have budget spending, 600 grand a million bucks, right? And how are you gonna, going to go against these big guys? Like, you're, you're, you're going to be paying a lot. Um, the biggest tactic I, I have for um, starting companies, which is sort of how we started too, uh, and it's something I didn't know when I was starting out, and it's um, partner marketing, which is what I, it's basically sales. Um, instead of going out and reaching out to, say, venues for uh, a DJ gig, yeah. uh, you reach out to people who are in parallel industries who can promote you and give them a fee. Because you only have, again, Everything's measured, right? So that's true. You got it. Out, <laughs> yep, exactly. So yeah, you have a finite amount of time, twenty-four hours a day. How do you make twenty-four hour go the longest? Uh, you reach out to partners, um, which basically takes them out about the same amount of time as it takes to reach out to a singular sale. 
these partners will bring you leads for the lifetime of when they run their service. And on top of that, it's warm. It's not cold outreaches to you know new people. It's literally them saying, hey, this DJ is great for us. Let's bring them in. You, you build this partner network of 20, 30 people, I mean, you'll keep getting gigs over and over again. Yep, that's true. That's, that is something that you can rinse and repeat. So thanks so much for providing that example. And, and speaking about, you know, starting out in entrepreneurship, like what, what do you enjoy most about the type of work that you do? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's a, t- a trick question, right? <laughs> uh, well, I think every entrepreneur loves what they do for the most part. Um, the thing I like the most about this is really the freedom of it being able to say that I'm living life the way I want. Yeah. Uh, when I die, I will have no regrets at all, right? I will say I've tried everything, I failed, I've done well, I've failed over and over again. But at least I'm living life on my terms. I'm, I'm not, you know, clocking in because I have to clock in. So that's the best thing about what I'm doing right now, right? Um, the difference also, is, or what I hate right now, is uh, there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a CEO. Wow. Um, when you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's super fun. I mean, you get to be creative, you get to come up with new things, you get to try new things, you get to make something, right? That's, that's super duper fun. Um, however, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they actually start running their business, what they, and I've seen this a bunch of times, they, they're still in the entrepreneur mindset, and that's actually not how you grow a business from, say, you know, $1,000 to three, four, five million dollars, right? When, when it gets bigger, you need to become a CEO. And that's actually kind of boring, which is sort of weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, because, you, you know, at, which leads to my next my next question in regards to, like, how do you, how are you managing your time, you know, as a business owner? Because like, things are, you know, the things have gotten different. You know, it's not as fun as what it used to be. Yeah. Um, time, I would say, is our most valuable resource, right? <laughs> no. Uh, Two months prior to this, I mean, right now we're in crunch mode, we're getting a bunch of new clients, so I really am not managing my time well at all right now. Everything goes to work. Now, prior to this, though, um, you need a system. You, you you need a you know morning routine. You need a nighttime routine. And when you do that, at the end of the day, you become way more efficient. Uh, I like to think of time as something that you can sort of hack. If, if I can do three things, you know, they say multitasking isn't good, but if I can get three things done in the time I takes one, um, I have more time. Um, everything I have, I mean, my, my day is measured out, my, my week is planned out, my month is planned out, so I don't waste time doing things. Um, I, I have everything set so that I, I can, you know, use maximize my time so that I do have some time to, say, hit the gym every one or two. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. I agree with you there. I love that too. And also speaking of, you know, time and taking time for yourself, I know you have another passion, which, um, the American Bulldogs, you know, so you have American yeah. Bully, which is, uh, another platform. I just want to get a, a few tidbits about your interest there, you know, cause I thought that was also interesting <laughs> before we get ready to yeah wrap up here in a bit. Yeah. So, um, Long story short, I, I kept on seeing these images of these super muscular pit bulls popping up. <laughs> right, what yeah. Are, what, what are these dogs? Steroids. Right? Um, yeah, exactly. I was just like, all right, well, 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 how'd they get them so big? Like, well, what they do, just inject them? Um, it ended up being that they're, they're their own breed. Um, American Bully was their own breed. Uh, and when, you know, trying to find one, uh, they're super expensive. Yeah. I, I have, like, a, a middle of the litter, and mine is $5,000. They run from, you know, anywhere from 3000 to $30,000 a pop, you know? So 
when I was looking for my dog and I got my dog, I was just thinking, wait, there has to be a huge market for this. So, and what we ended up doing was, you know, since we are already do online marketing, I'm able to get all the data for what people search for. Uh, the searches for this was, was even higher than just knives. Um, this, this dog breed gets about 110,000 searches a month just in Google alone. So when looking at that, I was just like, all right, well, there's also a business opportunity here. One, I like the dog, so I actually know how they uh, how they behave, you know, uh, what we can do for them in the winter, things like that. So what, what ended up happening was I made negotiated for that domain alone. So I like the with a premium domain. Someone already purchased it, so we paid about 12 cheese for it. And... Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. I love that. Yeah, and you know what, Darwin? We I, I'm gonna have you back um, sometime soon when you when you free up some space on your schedule to talk about <laughs> the American bully. Like, yeah, and like the pit bull breeds because you know there's a lot of you know stigma yeah. and you know whatever you want to call it words and and you know thoughts and people have different perceptions of that sort that type of breed. Period. So I would love to have you back for a conversation on that. But uh, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap up. Um, okay, so we have entrepreneurs and other people that are listening um, who, I don't know, maybe they're interested in getting started in the digital marketing space, like any resources, tools, tips, learning um, things that you can recommend to kind of help these folks along? Yeah, so there's a bunch of blogs out there, which is the you know, searchengineworld.com, the searchengineman.com. What I would say is the biggest uh, help that at least I got from myself was really doing it. Um, before you can, you know, tell yourself or tell the people, everyone around you or your clients that you're a Facebook expert because everyone is saying that, exactly. you actually yeah. need to know what you're doing. <laughs> so besides reading, uh, spend some of your own money, run your own campaigns, uh, figure out how the, the platform works. Uh, that's actually how you get good. You know, again, I could, I could probably say there's probably a million people who, of course, saying they're Facebook experts when there's probably, like, just a handful, so... Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of oversaturated now. All righty. Well, before we wrap up, Mr. Darwin Lou, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. For anybody who's listening, maybe there's a business owner or some larger company exec, I don't know, who is interested in getting more information on uh, X Agency and also just your details as well, because I know you have a personal website. Go ahead and drop us the website and also your social media handles. Yeah, well, uh, you can personally email me at darwin at xagency.com. Social media, just LinkedIn, uh, and it's Darwin Liu. I have a personal blog. I don't go on there, though. It's not actually done yet. It's <laughs> darwinliu.com. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Darwin. Thanks so much for speaking with us, and you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Tisha. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.